welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 93. Woo! Dakota's just Dakota's slurping in the intro. That's going to be awful for the Leave list. it. Leave it. Because Ian said it's going to be a bad episode. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a sip of Parse to make it not a bad episode. Boom. It's going to be a great episode because it's presented Woo! by Parse Rum. I love Parse. You love Parse. Guess who's sponsoring the Compound? Parse. Rum. The rum that keeps us all going. I love Parse. You love Parse. We got some stuff on the docket today. We got a national championship game tonight. I know college football. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk underrated. about all underrated team. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about nothing. The lockout update. Baseball. Yeah. Lockout update. Nothing's happening. Yeah. Did you see someone tweeted at us? Uh, Ken Rosenthal, since we talked about him last week. Had an article about Nick Madrigal and some of the other guys who are rehabbing right now and the difficulties they're having uh, going on with everything, you know, because they can't rehab at the MLB facilities. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Ian, isn't that like you you literally like can't go in there? Like no matter what you're rehabbing, like you can't. I thought you were allowed to. I thought you couldn't go to the team. I thought you were allowed to if you got hurt prior to the lockout or if you were rehabbing prior to the lockout. That's the thing. There's no rule against it, but teams are not letting guys into the facility or talking to them or helping them rehab, which makes no sense because why would you want your players to need more more time to be ready for a season whenever that season starts? If you can technically still let guys in to rehab, I don't know how it's possibly – beneficial as an organization to be like, Nope, you can't come in. Like, how well, is that helping your argument? I don't blame the organization because it's no. not their fault. Their hands are tied, but that's just a bunch of guys. Not really in tune with what's going on, making decisions. Well, the magical situation is also weird because it's one of these where his, his people, his people he's rehabbing with are talking to the Cubs and they can talk to the Cubs, but he can't. Yeah. So it's more or less like he's talking to the Cubs, but there's you have to do all these weird workarounds because of the stupid rules. I just Is that had... kind of the same thing as like how Verlander signed his deal during the lockout? Like certain people can talk to certain people, but the player can't talk to them. Yeah, it makes no sense. I so just what I, I can I can talk to a family member of a hitting coach or a manager and be like, hey man, tell him I said what's up. You can talk to AJ Hinch's brother if he has a brother, but you can't talk to AJ Hinch. Got it. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> Actually, I, they're really funny. Chris Valeka and his yeah. brother. Chris Valeka is a hitting coach, and his brother is a player. Are He's they like, in the same org? How's Chris? No, but it doesn't matter because you can't talk across organizations. Oh. I've tried to reach out to some people in other organizations about specific things and gotten like the "Hey, man, sorry, can't talk to you." It's like what? Because That's like, crazy. and you're just trying to like say hi or say what's up. Uh, but the yeah. The Valekas, like, how was? Yeah. Their, how do you think their Christmas was? I was going to say, you think at Christmas they're like, nope, can't be in the same room at hey, any hey, time. Hey, mom, ever. mom, tell him I said Merry Christmas. Yeah, is Zach Britton had Zach Britton had the same thing. His brother's the manager of AAA Norfolk, and he had the same situation where Christmas they were like, can't talk to each other. Basically, that's crazy. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's it's um it's a mess. It Ian, doesn't make any sense. I can't ask Ian. Because you're part of the, you're like, you're the rep. Zach, do you think we're going to start on time if you had to predict right now? I can't yes, ask you because he might have things. I think both sides are going to be like, 
hey, we're going to lose a little bit of money again. Let's not. Let's just the go. Best- I think towards like the end of fe- uh, January, they're going to be like, all right, starts on time. The best thing for me is a lot of people ask me what's going on because they know I'm friends with Hap and they know that he's the rep. And I'm like, first of all, Ian doesn't really tell us that much. Second of all, I don't think anyone even knows right now what's happening. So there's, I don't know. You know what I know, but I, yes. The also, I think people, the fans want baseball. The fans don't really care about the rest of them. They just want to watch baseball. And the players just want the game to be a little bit more competitive and teams to want to go out there and win baseball games. It's not that hard of an equation. Like if, if the negotiators actually cared about a good product and getting it to the fans, then they would at least be talking to us. They would at least be saying, Hey, maybe we should have a conversation when you haven't heard from somebody in a month and a half. It's like, what the fuck? That's all I was going to ask. I didn't know if you could say it, but I was going to say there's like no discussions right now at all. Is there? It's literally just like everyone's just carrying on. Yeah. That's ins- that makes no sense to me. Cause I'm like, what okay, happens like, when you, that's what happens point, when you put a proposal out there and then it's like, now nah, we're good. Like, are they playing chicken right now? Like which side's going to talk first? Like, I mean, someone's got to do something like well, we- the, you, as the players, you can't negotiate against yourselves. You know, we've made proposal after proposal. You got to some point, the other side's got to come to the table. True. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I do think I have said that I think, I don't know if you agree with this within once they start discussing and get to actual talks, it could happen really rapidly. We're like, boom, like we have a new deal. Everything's back on schedule. I, I, I again, I'm very naive and this could be is coming off as ignorant, but I think everything's going to happen on time. There's just a lot, there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of legal that still has to be worked out, I'm sure. But maybe two weeks behind. I I just don't think both teams are going to look at each other and be like, all right, you're right. Let's lock out. Let's keep locked out. I like listening to uh, the guys at Talking Baseball go over the lockout because, like, you, you hear the optimism in Jimmy's voice, and then, like, episode after episode, the optimism. <laughs> So it's like slowly, I don't know if, like, what is optimistic if you, if you went back to when Trevor was on ours and then you compared to what he was saying the other day, it was just like night and day difference. I don't think anyone thought we'd be at this point where it's January 10th and there's nothing like we're pitchers and catchers reporting a month. That's crazy. That's the scary part where it's like, you. it's not like, I don't know. I'm not saying other sports, but it'd be like, in football, if you're just like, all right, week one's tomorrow. It's like, it's not how it works. Guys have to build up. Like, you got to have well, to It's like It's like the COVID year, kind of. It's like, hey, you got two weeks, and then you're in camp. It's right. That's what this is, is looking like it could head towards. Like, hey, like two weeks, you're heading down. Like, Well, if there's nobody crazy. that learned from that, that would be a disgrace. Because and I think that's the disconnect I'm talking about, is you have one side who's just thinks you're rolling robots out there. And it's like, no, if, you know, if we come to an agreement on March – 20th we'll still play opening day the fuck you will not the fuck you will not players need time they need plenty of time to get themselves ready pitchers starting pitchers need the full ramp up you saw that in 2020 you saw how how many injuries there were and players aren't going to do that again players aren't going to put themselves in a position to go out there and just get slaughtered 
it's like you got to go and you got to have a full spring training and people need to know that going in mm -hmm. for sure zach do you want to join the podcast and the conversation because we're going to talk about um the most underrated players of all time yeah we we're talking about how we're not going to be ready if they say march 20th because we need guides to build up so next question please i can multitask zach if you had to pick one most underrated player of all time go Boom. ian kinsler Ooh, wow i like that one i like that one and the, and the thing is that's such a you pick because that's such a guy that i'd be like zach has to love this guy because he guess just what, looks like a grinder guess what round he was drafted to 17 17 guess who else was in the 17th zs59 guess what guess what team he played for the detroit tigers ian kinzer is one of my favorite Go Tigers of all time. He is. He's awesome. I love him, dude. Would you view him more as a Tiger or a Ranger? Who did he play for more? I would say Rangers. I think he only played three or four in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. What number was he in Detroit, though? What number was he in Detroit? You might have to snag that. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he was three before. No, I'm pretty sure he was three before Trammels was retired, but I could be wrong. He Three? Three. Yep. He was another. Great. He was another uh, underrated player along with Michael Young on the same team. That's Ooh. an underrated player. That's Michael Young. Is Michael Young in the Hall of Fame career. though? No, no, no. I think he had like some votes. Maybe he was like on the ballot. I don't know. Speaking oh. of Michael Young, whenever I hear him, I hear of his name. So in the new Texas Stadium, all of their—I'm pretty sure it was the old one too. I'm not sure. All of their dimensions on the wall are from old, like great players of the Rangers. So like four ten is for Michael Young for number ten. Um, they were telling us that when we were when we were there this year. Were but like whenever I hear you his name, a tour and they were showing you like the history of the park, bro. When we got there, the clubbies would tell you stuff about it. You had a sheet when you got there on your on your uh, chair on your locker chair of like history about it, where you want to go if you want to have dinner, where you want to go if you want to play golf. It was That's insane, kind of dude. That's that was really insane. Cool. Michael Young, by the way, got nine uh, Hall of Fame votes. It's 2.1%. So he fell off the ballot after his first year. Hey, you know what that is, though? Nine more votes than I'll ever get. That's a heck of a fucking accomplishment to be on the ballot. I would like, is, to, know, I would like to know what percentage of big leaguers all time have made a Hall of Fame ballot. Imagine yeah. if we had a research that, we should have, Tom. A, well, we should have a research team. Well, it's what, like, I think there's like 25 names on the ballot, if that, maybe 30, 30 tops. I think it depends on the year, but yeah. Um, my most underrated that I thought of, and the Cubs fans might not like this one, is Jim Edmonds. Oh my god. It's wow, silly. Jimmy Edmonds. Silly, dude. Because I, I remember him. Yeah, I used to love him. You know, Jim Edmonds was a cub for a minute. Yeah, but like he, I mean, you you think of Jim Evans like you think Cardinals. You do, but he was a Cubby for a minute. He, right? I think he was for like a year, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure. He was Jim Evans. He was an Angel. He was a Cubby. Who else did Jim Evans play for? Uh, Padres, Brewers, Reds. Wow. He hit 393 home runs. Sneak. God damn. I just remember him for his defense. Like the dude would just. He, he, an all-timer 284 career average how about sean casey that's your boy that, that's your friend that's you're your boy that's cheating. That's cheating. hey that's you're cheating. such that's a your boy. sicko 
That's you your know, oh. I'm pretty sure Sean Casey made the ballot. You should know it's your he's best a, bud. He's a Reds Hall of Famer. Kevin Millar, too. Career 302 hitter. How many career 300 hitters are there in the big leagues? History, 10 plus years. How many? It's career? pretty cool. How many do you think there are? Thousand? Not even? Uh, I don't know. The game is so different now. I don't think there's a thousand, though. Do you guys have any other names that you want to throw out there? I have uh, these. Th- these guys are put together because. Can we have one away from the heart for you? Can we, can, can we get a good one? See, but I see some. Like some people say, like I swear I saw one that said like Jorge Posada, and I'm like, is he really underrated? I, he I was on. He, the, he with, was on the ballot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, I get because he played with Jeter and like Mariano and Pettit and Roger Clemens and all those other bigger names and Bernie Williams. Like Bernie Williams, you could maybe say is underrated. Yes, like, that's a good one. But like Jorge Posada, I wouldn't put his under. Like I think he's pretty properly rated as a. I was gonna sneaky say I don't, I don't know any of his numbers, but like someone like Jose Reyes. Yeah. He just did like, it. I feel like a lot of the people I find underrated are the people that had like a good six to eight years and then kind of like fell off towards the end of their career. Not necessarily fell off, but you know what I mean? Like they just kind of like say Dan Ugla was going to be on my list. Forearms. (laughs) Yeah. That guy Uh, banged. How about Jason Kendall? Yeah. Ooh, Dom is going to hate you. Does he hate Jason Kendall? Jason Kendall's under. No, yeah. Sorry. No, no, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He ad, he, yeah. He's an advocate for Jason Kendall. Sorry. Yachty can't be underrated. Yachty's, Properly rated is like yes. a top five catcher of all Probably time. Properly rated is one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. that's uh, what, and, and I think it's hard to differentiate underrated versus like properly or over like, because some guys like you can say they're underrated, but it's like, no, like that guy's looked at as one of the best to do it. Like you can't be yes. underrated then. Can we say an underrated from like today's game too? Uh, I have two. Yeah. I have three actually. Okay, I have one that I know – I'm sure you honestly might have it too is Jose Ramirez. That's a, that's a really good one. Wow. Yeah, I like that one. My third my third baseman was Kyle Seager um, because we yep. started this whole conversation because of Kyle Seager. RIP. But that is a really good one. Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez is one of the best hitters in the game period. And not appreciated enough. He, he's he is somebody who the CBA is trying to protect. Somebody like him who is like in the middle, like not signing a huge deal. Well, he that's because he signed an early extension. I was going to say I think he could get a pretty big deal right. I know, but I'm saying if somebody but, who's not, huh? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying for somebody who's not like the four three hundred and fifty million dollar guy, yeah. he's more of like the one fifty, probably two hundred, right? Well, well, I mean, if yeah, if he wouldn't have signed that deal, but he right. he's a dude that if you can get younger guys paid earlier, you can get younger guys to go out there, and the guys that are all stars at a young age, um, to make a couple extra bucks and not feel like they have to go for that early extension. Maybe then you get a guy like that to get to free agency on time. Um, but you can't ever fault anybody for going and taking the money and uh, securing. I will if never they're... fault someone for taking, like saying, "Oh, you're guaranteeing me ten million dollars a year for the next eight years." Thank you. Like, literally, dude, nope, you won't hear anything from me. Nope. I'd be uh, an owner's dream if I played well and I was up for an extension. Because as soon <laughs> hey, as they say something, I'm like, two yeah. million a year. 
Thank yep. you. Sure. I don't Zach, care. You're, Zach, Zach, you're worth 40. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Just whatever you guys it's, say. Just whatever you think. Give me it. Thanks. I got, I have a, I have one. Mm-hmm. As Drupal Cabrera. Ooh. I, that dude is still playing. Unbelievable. Is an absolute is he still playing? Yes, yeah, he's dude. still playing. Still what is, what is the number one play of, and you guys might not remember it, or off the top of your head, when you, when you hear that name. Tom, you might. The back yes, hand. yes, yes, yes. The behind the back glove or uh, bare hand flip. Unbelievable. I have watched I, that play a thousand times in my life. Oh, I got another one. I got another one. I have one that I know, and, and I don't even know if we can count this one because on this podcast, it's he's been talked about, and it's got to be Kike Hernandez. Of course. I mean, I know Zach loves him, so that doesn't sound underrated to us, but to the rest okay. of the baseball world, like he he just does it. I think I think he was properly rated until yes. this year, and yes. people yes. don't appreciate how good he was before that, and then getting a chance and taking. So, and that's what George Lombard, our bench coach, who came from LA, he was saying, "Watch when this guy gets out of LA, and he gets he an everyday role, he is going to be incredible." Um, yeah, I would agree. One, up until this year, he was properly rated. And it's now because, yeah, he didn't. He, it's broke tough. Out. It's tough unless you're an everyday guy for the Dodgers to really. They don't be, have everyday guys. They, that's they, what I'm saying. That's like Chris Taylor's in the same boat, except he just got paid. Like that guy literally would play. He could play shortstop. He was so underrated. He is. Yes. He's still underrated. Yes. Um, another one who I used to love was Brandon Phillips. Oh yeah, that dude BP. That, that dude, dude BP. He played, he played on some good teams, and he was like, he got some love. Yeah, but I, I loved him. I was, I'm like, use that. Like, I'd play like MLB the Show, and like, I would trade for him. Like, whatever team I was, like, I love every him. single video on YouTube he of him. In, I've watched. He was in backyard baseball too. That's how you know he was good. He was in backyard wow. baseball. Wow. Can I, throw, can I throw another modern name at you? Who doesn't yes. get enough love? Mm-hmm. Adam Duvall. Yeah, I do. I, I. I knew you were going to say that one. I have an Adam Duvall rakes. He rakes. He drives in runs. He's a sneaky, unbelievable outfielder. Taking away so many hits. He was in AAA in, was it the same year you were in, in 19 or 20? Remember, he got optioned. And then he was like DFA'd. Like he was, it was something crazy. Like he hit like 30. It might have been, yeah, it might have been 19 from the Reds. I can't, him and him and Scotty Shebler, when I first came up, were like playing the corners for the Reds. And then at one point, both of them were like gone. And now, and then Adam Duvall came back from the dead and is driving in 100 runs a year, hitting 30 plus dongs. Duvall led the National League in RBIs this year. I mean, yeah, yeah. fucking unbelievable. Can I give you a guy? Yeah, I mean, this is this one. I think people might say he's. I, I think he's underrated. Paul Goldschmidt's got a sneaky Hall of yes. Fame case. Yeah, and like if Paul Goldschmidt's got an MVP votes. MVP votes eight of the last nine seasons. He's I, finished in the top six six times. He's got a one forty four OPS plus during that time. He's played one hundred and fifty five games eight times. Dude just goes out there consistently and just rakes. Doesn't matter where he plays. You know, you can just pencil him in the lineup and he's going to give you five war season. I agree. He's underrated in that people think he's really good, but I don't think people realize, like you said, how good he is. Like he's yes, like, like that, you said, a Hall of Fame type resume. I think properly rated, underappreciated. Yeah. I was going to say underappreciated. Yes. He's underappreciated, but I think everybody would consider him a top three first baseman in the league. Yeah. I think underappreciated is a good word. I just I think, think you'd have to like think about it though. You really like, 
you would skim over his name and then someone says his name. You're like, wait, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. Like you wouldn't just be like, Paul Goldschmidt's my favorite first baseman. That's, I, that's what I was going to say. I don't, you don't very rare, very rarely do you hear people say, I love Paul Goldschmidt's game, but because he's one of those guys that just kind of shows up and does it consistently. He's had yeah. one or two outlier seasons where he finished second in the MVP twice, but he's never had that MVP season. He played in Arizona for a while. Now the Cardinals, kind of smaller markets. I mean, big, I'm just a huge fan. I feel that way about a number of the first and third basemen in the league because the position is so strong. Like I feel like Rizzo's career has been underappreciated. Good friend, tough, tough one, good friend. But I feel like uh, his who else? Uh, Schwarber. Um, <laughs> let's see who else. Played like Chris Bryant, Arietta. I I also feel like there's some third basemen who have been underappreciated, a la Jose Ramirez, Kyle Seager. Like because Nolan and uh, Donaldson and Chris Bryant and like because guys get so much hype Machado gets so much hype like there's guys that are forgotten at that position who are really really good can I give you one hall of under uh appreciated hall of famer this is a hall of famer how is that inducted into the hall of fame but I think is still underrated how is that possible how what let me hear the name let me hear the name and then we'll discuss Jim Tomey he hit 600 home runs. What do you mean? Exactly. I don't think people appreciate it. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, You want a huge statue of him in Cooperstown when you go in the door, you have to touch him? There should be a statue of him because of the era he played in, having gone through no controversy, being a first better Hall of Famer, and hitting 600 dongs. I'll give you I'll give you underappreciated, but I don't think it's possible to be underrated and be in the Hall of Fame. I agree with you. I completely agree. But yes, not, I would agree. Not, he's not looked at as like, oh, this guy's one of the best left-handed hitters of all time. Like, and he is. Like he's he played for 22 years. Yeah. He just kept hitting dongs. 22 years? Are you kidding? That's insane. That is literally what? Outrageous. Throw another underappreciated player, Julio Franco. He played until yeah. he was like 50. Yep. yep. <laughs> How do you do that? Would you consider Didi underrated, Tom? I mean, as a Yankee fan, like did you talk about the task that he had replacing Derek Jeter. I don't think there's any guy who could have done it better. I mean, Didi's beloved, I, beloved here in New York. Totally. I, I totally agree. I, yeah, Tom, you know, I grew up a Yankee <laughs> fan and I remember he became my favorite Yankee. Like it was always Jeter. And then when Jeter retired in D, I loved watching DD play. The the loved one of the it. coolest parts about working for the Yankees when I did was I got to meet DD a couple times because he was rehabbing, so he was around our office a lot. And he was, I have very low expectation. Having spent a lot of time around baseball clubhouses, I have low expectations for meeting guys because I know. Hey, come on! You know, I know how a lot of guys are. Come on! There's a lot going Tom? on. What do you? What Don't talk yeah. bad about players on this show, Tom. I'm just gonna be honest. I, is he, I was up. like, is maybe, he wrong? Hey, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. Tom? Maybe it's just the guys that they brought in. Huh? I bet you get the microphone out of his face. Move back D- a little. Didi was the Didi was awesome though. Didi was the nicest guy, and obviously an incredible player. I even even despite his really awful, he had a really bad year this year. You go on Yankees Twitter, there are still people begging for Didi to come back and play short. Dude, huh? anybody from Carousel in the Netherlands, the nicest people on the face of the earth. It's very true. For you, Scope for Peters. Yep, Peters, Scope, Anderson Simmons. Um, I heard Ozzy Albies is the nicest guy in the world. Great dude. Who else is from there? Kenley Jansen heard the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, who else? 
just a nice place to be, I guess. I mean, yeah, well, I would be nice too if it was 75 and sunny every day and I spoke every language in the book. See, okay, in this, I'm going to sound so dumb on this. What I don't understand. Oh boy. Is where is Curacao and where is the Netherlands? Is that the same place? Dakota, you're asking the wrong guy. Hopefully, see, okay, so you're with me though. I'm not an idiot. No, okay, I I got you. Curacao. Yes. Okay, go. Go, go. Curacao is an island in the the Caribbean that is. A like overseas territory, at least used to be of the Netherlands. They're nowhere ah, near each other. Okay, Netherlands see. is all the way in Europe. Curacao is very far away. So that's like there's like British Virgin Islands. Like it's controlled. Correct. Okay, okay. I feel so much better now because I'm like, wait. Like, like Tim Duncan grew up Curacao. in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and he was able to play for the U.S. Olympic team because he played for. He grew up in the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's Same like idea. Por- like Puerto Rico is a U.S. Correct. territory to it. Okay, all right. Now I completely understand. I felt so dumb because I was like, "Wait, Netherlands is not in the Caribbean, but I'm pretty sure Curacao is." I, ju- I just agree with everybody. Like, yeah, you know, those two, those two are. Yep, they're the same. I felt so dumb asking it, but I was like, "There's no way Zach knows," so I feel okay. That's fine. I do remember I mean, one of the first World Baseball Classics that uh, here's a, guy, a name from the past, Sidney Ponson, got the oh, start. Yeah. Got the star for the Netherlands, and I was like, "Is how in the world is Sidney Ponson representing the Netherlands?" And then that's yeah. when I figured out the whole Curacao Dutch connection. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up because I've been confused by that since watching like the Little League World Series, and I'm like, "What?" Can you guys spell Curacao? C U R A C A O. Yeah, with the A with the little thing though. The N. Nice. nice job, guys. Geography horrible. Spelling pretty good. <laughs> uh, I had one more name that came to mind. And I would have guessed that this guy has played for 20 years for some reason. Brandon Belt. Dude. Brandon Belt's had a great career. He's one that of those might have been the best name. Sneaky. That might have been the best name brought up. That's the sneakiest, like, this guy sits in the five hole every single game, plug and play for the Giants, and you know what you're getting. And he's got three rings? Two? Three? Three, three rings? <laughs> three. Can, I, can I have the audacity to call Buster Posey underrated? Underappreciated. That's fair. But that's the same as like Brandon Crawford. Yeah, but he wasn't posting every year, was he? Yeah. yeah he won a WBC. Brandon that Crawford's was... unbelievable. I just think he I think he just had one of the best offensive careers of his offensive yes. seasons of his career, yes. right? Yes. That's yes. Like he's been he's offensively, he's yeah. I agree. He's what? He's been what? Ian said, you're gross. Little, Everybody heard it here first. Ian said Brandon up and Crawford down. hasn't been He's that He's been a little good. up and down, and he finally let it eat this year, and he Unbelievable. Right. Uh, some other names that, that we got, if you guys want some other names, Tucker Barnhart, uh, Nicky Lopez. Tucker uh, Barnhart's one of the best defense. Nicky Lopez can't be underrated yet because he's played like two years total in the show. We Nikki got that Lopez one so not, often, though. That was like Nikki one Lopez of the top does ones. not fit. Really? I get it because he's sneaky as like hit like 300 every year for the Royals, but it's like, he's only played a year and a half. Here's some of my other favorite ones. These are now guys who qualify Hunter Pence, Aramis Ramirez, David Eckstein, JT snow. That's all came from a bold prediction. That that was his team. He had a lot of one year. I like the day. I like Kenny Lofton on my list. Kenny Lofton. Good one. Uh, can I just tell you something about Brandon Crawford real quick? You sure can. The highest, okay, his highest he had hit before this year was 275. Highest on base percentage was 243, and that's by a lot. Why is Ian trying to shit on him? 
highest slug. I'm not trying to shit on him. Highest slug was 465 last year. Before that, it was 462. This year, he hit 298. Oh, God. 298 with a 373 on base and a 522 slug. Good for an 895 OPS, 141 OPS plus. Like, he was unbelievable. He got MVP MVP. Votes. I mean, he got like multiple MVP. He finished fourth in the, he was an all-star, finished fourth in the MVP and won a gold glove. He's, and he's got four gold gloves, three all-star games. He's, uh, he rakes, but yeah. he just really started raking. His last, his best OPS before this year was 782. And he had the 792 last year. He kind of, it was like middle, late last year, he went to that open stance with the high hand and started just, whoa. Um, you love to see it. And now is, every is time Ian he comes up, say, I think like, gonna... Are you going to bring up like some more Hall of Famers like Ken Griffey that's underrated? You know who was underrated? Mariano Rivera. Like, Dude, seriously. What? <laughs> I think Tommy's underappreciated. Good. I'll give you underappreciated. I, because, will. Like, people, I, I do agree like, with people that. People shit their pants for like the guy who went to the Hall of Fame in 1974 who has a, he's, has a career, you know, 710 OPS. Tony's out here with 600 pumps playing See, 22 years. In but this I don't era. like, I don't like the argument of like, Oh, like they only hit this back then. I mean, that was, that was the era. Like you can't argue against that. Like what, what, what did you think Babe Ruth was going to hit fucking 70 a year and a thousand OPS? Like, I don't know. It's a different he era. Did. He did have a thousand OPS. But he never I, got helped. He I'm just saying game. like, those are di- like, I don't like comparing eras like that. No, I don't either. And that's why I think you should be compared to the era in which you played. Yes, and that, I will agree with you. Jim Tomey is definitely underappreciated, but I also you can't be underrated and be a Hall of Famer. I agree fun, with you. Fun fact: Tomey drafted as a shortstop out of uh, I believe wow. out of Peoria, Illinois guy. So, yeah, hmm. uh, as a lefty too, he threw lefty. I think didn't yeah. he? No, you couldn't threw righty. Drafted. You couldn't be drafted as a shortstop throwing left hand. I don't Dakota, care what area Dakota, you're talking Dakota, about. Dakota. Zach, you think he threw lefty or righty? If he was drafted as a shortstop, he was a righty. If he threw lefty, you guys both owe me a million dollars. He did not throw lefty. Oh, he threw righty. He was a Damn, third baseman. He, he started oh, his career so as a third good baseman. Lefty. I'm just saying, what if they said this guy's so good, we want him to throw lefty from short? It's not Different Little League. It's not Little I'm, League, Dakota. What if he did? Oh, you'd be eating your words. I'd give you a freaking wedgie when I see you this weekend. Can I, can I give you a guy who's on the Hall of Fame ballot who – if he's not elected and 10 years from now, he will be have been, had an underrated career. Right now, he's just underappreciated. What position? I want to guess it. Out center outfield. Tory Hunter. Wow, Andrew that's Jones. A good name. Wow. That's a good name, but it is Adam Jones. Or Andrew Jones, sorry. Andrew Jones has been on the ballot for a couple years, hasn't he? Yes, and I think this might be his last go-around. But if he doesn't make it into the Hall of Fame, I think in 10 years people will – be like that guy. I agree he's underrated, but I also don't know if he had a Hall of Fame career. The his first like, half of his career is incredible, but he, unbelievable. Yeah. 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 But, Zach, I will say I love that Torrey Hunter shout. Dude, I was watching. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah, come on, Zach. Be less biased. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come on. I'm just trying. I'm following in. I look at Torrey Hunter as a twin, though. Yeah, 100%. Me too. But 
because I'm a Go Tiger, I only think of the players who played That's, for the yep. Go Tigers, like yeah. Kinsler, Hunter, uh, you know, David ooh, Price. Oh, Maglio or Hodonias. Wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Good one. They got raked. Dude, Matt Homer, the, the walk-off homer he hit in, I think, 2003 to go to the World Series. Absolutely banana land. Know your Tigers history. I need, I don't need, don't ask a question. Okay. I need you to know. Go Tigers. <laughs> I also think, I think people uh, are starting to forget about some of those guys with Houston. I think Bregman's a guy people are starting to, he had a lot of hype early. People aren't really talking about Bregman as much anymore. Those guys are really good. Really good base. Brantley. Brantley's my number one of all time. Fuck. Ooh, I wow. was just going to say him, dude. Brantley's one of the best fucking hitters to ever play the game. And nobody ever. Even cares. Ever. I he was, was saying, a great Indian, too. He was a Windian with Grady Sizemore. Yep. Grady Sizemore. Grady Sizemore is going. Grady. I was going to say, could you? So he's somebody who's had the same swing his whole career. Could you imagine, dude? No, no, no. I can't talk about it. Just I waking up. Just waking up. Yeah, I got it. You know, I, he. I'm sure he goes through it like everybody else. I'm sure he yeah. thinks about his swing. When that we were, guy. Oh. That guy, he's had the same swing since he got to the big leagues. It's fucking beautiful. It's so simple. It's like he can put the ball wherever he wants, and it's a it's just he just gets knocks. They um they said that his dad was a hitting coach growing up, and he told him all he wants to do is like here, get your hands back. And that's what he's done since he was a little kid. He's he's as pro as they come. I have two more. I don't talk I, about pitchers though so we haven't actually said any pitchers who have been well let me let me give my two that tom will appreciate because they're yankees yes i mean all i could think of are yankees so I grew up watching all i grew up watching was the yankees oh my, my two one and you all have to agree on this one mark Teixeira. on the whole fame ballot this year he is on the ballot. okay second I've been, trying, I've been trying to play golf with him recently he doesn't like you he told me second <laughs> tom will like this one Hideki Matsui. My my dad sent me a list, and Matsui was like his number one guy. Let's he go. was a really, really clutch Yankee, one of those guys that you feel yes. like he always wanted up in the right spot. So nine oh. World Series MVP. Sometimes I feel like it's hard for Yankees to be underrated because they played on such good teams and got so much hype. That's why I didn't want to <laughs> name a ton of Yankees because I was like, well, typically you can't, like you said, it's like the biggest team in baseball. Like it's hard to be underrated. Like Andrew they- McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon won an MVP. I think Andrew McCutcheon's career to this point has been underrated. True. I agree with I, that. I mean, if you want to say a guy who played for the Yankees but also played elsewhere, I think Robinson Cano, some of the recent stuff maybe marred it a little bit, but I think he's a guy that had a really, really great career. I everybody loved said him. Robinson, Robinson Crowe's the number one second baseman on everybody's list every year until he got popped for steroids. Tom, I nice. loved him, loved him, loved him as a Yankee until he left to go to the Mariners for more money. And I said, good, enjoy never making the playoffs. And you know what he did? He never made the playoffs. And I said, good, see ya. That was me as a diehard Yankee. I said, I hope you never make it again. And he didn't. So <laughs> should have took him less money. He had to give back some of that money too. Tough. Well, Tough. Any uh, fan questions we should uh, touch on today, Tom? You put uh, Tom on the spot today. You know what? If Tom's going to be out here giving Robinson Cano is an underrated career, he's going to be on the spot. He did have an underrated career. He had a, no, he didn't. A, he, I mean, was he was so good. One, he was the number one second baseman on everybody's list. You Listen, not all of us can have Jim Tomei as underrated picks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, Let him know, Tom. Hey, 
did Robinson Cano at 600 fucking pumps? He's not, not in the Hall of Fame, though. You, He's not going to make when you the think about, When you think about guys that hit 600 pumps, you don't think about Jim Tomey. Well, I do. Most people don't. Uh, all right. I think this is a pretty good question. This came from uh, Travis. He said, outside of baseball, which sport are you guys each most competitive at? Golf. Oh, it's easy. Nah. He said tennis because you guys, you guys have talked about tennis a lot. Yeah, you were well. more competitive in tennis and golf, I think. See, mine I don't play as much, but basketball I'd be much more competitive. Like if I played basketball like consistently, I'd be much oh, yeah, more competitive. Definitely than that. basketball. But I, golf, I, I thought I thought you meant something different. I'm not good enough at golf to be that competitive. Zach, it's 100% golf. I'm not. I don't think I'm that competitive with golf. I honestly no. think it's. I think it's who I'm playing with and or against. Like if I'm in a match, I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know. Being I was mean definitely. On the, being mean tennis on the golf course is mean. Tennis is the most competitive. Yeah. I've yeah. been. Yeah. Our tennis match is the most competitive I've been. I would get so pissed. Ian would have to go cool down back in the pool. I would get so for hours. For hours, he'd have to spend back there cooling down. I can't. Some of my friends uh, in Austin are like, hey, hey want, do you want to go play uh, a pickleball? I'm like, I don't think I should. I don't want to get, I don't want to get to that point. It's for the don't best if mad. I don't. Listen, I, we're all friends. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't want to go and ruin some fresh friendships. Yeah. I don't want to be spiking balls off your face. I have to have a conversation about it later. Uh, I, you, yeah, I, what, yeah, give us one more, Tom. Uh, this one's a pretty quick one, but I thought it was pretty funny. This game from basketball Ralph. Competitive. Uh, Ralph asked, if you guys were a boy band, who would be each part? So yeah, I, I think you got like, you know, different kind of archetypes of a boy band. Who's Who's who? What we saw in the kitchen from Ian, Ian is our lead singer. I would not be the lead singer. Yes, you, Ian. One hundred percent, Ian, you are a lead singer. And this is why this is why we'd break up because Ian doesn't want to take doesn't Ian doesn't want to take it. Do you think Dakota would be on drums? I think Zach would be the lead guitarist. I don't know what I I I have no musical ability. We're assuming we're giving you. I guess we're not talking actual. Tom, if we put you in the band, you'd be on the bass. I think I'd probably be drums. I think I'd be drums. But not the not the electric bass. You'd be on the actual bass. <laughs> the standing bass. The standing bass. <laughs> Just hitting a few plucks back there. I'd be on the drums, and I would need a solo at least once a song. I could also see you on the electric piano, like really getting after it. Me or Tom? No, you. Oh, I'd rock the fuck out of a piano. Yeah, I do the little like swipe all the way across thing to start every single song. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Zach uh, would be your backup dancer. That's what he would be. Oh, that's a good one. Um, what uh, do we do? Screen time now? Sure. I just have something to say about these games. Well, we should do a quick preview of the Natty, by the way. Or we can talk about. Or we can talk about Black Monday, which is always that- a sad day for some. For some uh, for some head coaches and GMs, but yeah. I think people in Chicago are very excited about the direction of the franchise, no matter where it goes. Just the you fact say they are or aren't are. See, people are very excited. They fired Pace and Nagy, but everyone's still pissed because, like, I don't know what role Ted Phillips is, but everyone's like, "Oh, they got to fire him too!" Like, I want everybody gone, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, they just want to they just want to wipe it out." I think. Um, 
I, I saw, I don't know, it was just Big Cat or other people. Everybody wants Harbaugh now. This is what's crazy to me. Harbaugh, I don't want to, I don't want to, Harbaugh has had a good year at Michigan, a good year, right? I mean, like, they haven't been good. I, I Dakota, can't you possibly know. Can comment you on this me? without being biased. I, I, I'm not, I am not going to comment. I would I not just, want Harbaugh. All right, I'll comment since everyone else won't comment. I think it's Harbaugh has been underwhelming. Uh, He's been kind of underperforming the last couple of years compared yes. to expectations. And they've been, they, what, there's been years they've been okay. They have never beat Ohio State until this year. This is their good year. I think he, he was a good NFL coach, right? He had good NFL seasons. You can't debate that. But went to the Super for the Bowl fact that he's had one good year and then everybody wants him to come coach their team, I'm like, what? I don't get it. I think he wants out. I mean, he took a pay cut last year for Michigan to keep the job. I mean, he des- he deserved to be fired last year. He was lucky to get another year. Also, I don't know that I'm – if I'm an NFL anybody, I don't know that I'm – like, you don't see that in baseball. There's no baseball coaches coming from the NCAA level to coach yeah. big league teams. That's a crazy concept. No, the, crazy Tigers, the Tigers just had two coaches go from the big leagues to college. I think that works better than the other. I way. know. I'm just saying it's wild. Like anything from college to the big leagues or vice versa. I just feel like it's a completely different world. Zach, could you imagine being the head coach of a team that isn't supposed to be very good and you end up going nine and eight and then they say you're fired. Is this the Dolphins guy? Brian Flores. Bro, it was, and then the that first was year, the biggest surprise to me because I the, think he's a hell of a coach. The first year and he was one game under 500. In his three years, and the first year they were supposed to go, they were projected like one or zero wins, and they won yeah. five games. Maybe that's that the is issue. a Maybe competitive, they won too much. not a high enough draft pick. Right. This these last like they did they make the playoffs? I don't think they made. No, the they were. I think they were like one game away last year. And this year they went nine and eight. But like you look at that roster, it's like this isn't a playoff team. Like it's right. not. What, they're not that good. What are we doing? They, I, I saw really, that this morning, and I was like, no, 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 no. I literally was expecting like. Who, uh, the Bears, Vikings, or somebody else to just literally hop on and literally have another tweet being like, the Bears have now reached an agreement with Brian. Like, if my team fired my head coach, I'd be like, how quick can we get Brian Flores in here? 100%. I, I don't understand this about professional sports, how it's crazy to me that nobody is seeing through the fact that the people at the top just fire whoever's under them to keep their job. It's just it's fucking crazy. bananas. It's like, if, you, if you're going to, spend the time and go hire this person like you shouldn't get the leeway to just be like oh uh it, that's it's his fault and you fire him and like how does that how's that fucking okay the the lifetime and the tenure for coaches in professional sports right now is so short and people hop around the league so much it's it's ridiculous it's not the coach's fault it's well there are certain i agree with you but there are sometimes where like you look at a roster and it's like what's this head coach is supposed to do with this roster, but there are other ones where like the Vikings are a pretty good roster, like a decent team. And like for them to miss the playoffs, like you had to fire your head coach there. Like there's, and like the bears, like they've shown no improvement. Like there's times where it's like, all right, like we got to. Yes. But like, even, even hit, like they gave that dude, uh, the guys in Chicago, like they had years, they had, Oh yeah. They had multiple years with good. uh, He was head coach of the year in 2018. Yeah. Good talent. But hey. the, the revolving door of, I mean, I'm speaking more about baseball than football, but like 
the revolving door of coaches and blaming coaches for what happens throughout the year instead of the accountability at the top blows my mind. Yeah. Zach, I think we would both agree. I'm fired up about the head coach I got lead my team in the future. Dan I, Campbell, I might, Robert Sala. Bro, I yes, might go please. to a Jets open tryout just so I could look at that guy run a, run a practice. You you tell me you wouldn't love Dan Campbell too. Bro, I'll I know. That. That's I'll what play I'm saying. For that man tomorrow. If you play hard for your coach, it it, it shows a lot. When you it, have the, the number for one those pick, two teams, what bro, the Jets have three wins or four? Four. Don't don't disrespect. Them. I'm they saying four. those two teams to have three wins and four wins for how bad those rosters were. Those are and bad the Jets rosters. and the Jets beat the Bengals, the Titans. Should have they, they? I don't care. I'm counting it as a win against the Bucks last week. Like that counts. Yeah. You know, Lions, I mean, the Lions beat the Cardinals and the Packers. I yeah. counted against the Packers. Exactly. So tied the Steelers. That's three playoff teams. Oops. You guys might as well just yeah. count playoff appearances then. You guys are just hey, Tom, Tom. Hey, Tom, are you Tom, a Giants Tom, fan? We don't need that. Yeah. Are you, you a know, Giants things fan? Things are bad over here. Things are bad yeah. in Joe Please. Judge land. Yeah. Okay. Oh how about God. you start? How about you? Giants fan? Oh, my God. Let's, yeah. uh, I, I let's cut the QB sneaks out when it's third and nine. And You're acting like I'm play caller over here. I don't like it either. Guys, I think, uh, I think the uh, Alabama is going to win tonight by uh, at least one touchdown, at least 10 points. I'm saying no. they're going to win by 10 points. You know what I think? I think the opposite. Because I think this is just like the LSU year with Joe Burrow. I think, and I hate this because you, it's the thing, like it's like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are the same. Like you don't ever go against Bill Belichick. You don't ever go against Nick Saban. But it's like the LSU year where it's like their team's just better. Like Georgia is literally a better team than Alabama. I know they Bama blew them out. I know ran Bama beat them. them out of the facility. I know, and I'm saying I think their defense is embarrassed, and I think they come out and lock them up. They should have had a fucking running clock in the second half to get that thing over with. I'm just saying, I think the team is better. I think Georgia is a better team. All right, let's do a score. Tom, would you like to give your yeah? Does everyone give a score? A hundred to zero, Bama. That seems like a good prediction. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 45, 30, 45, 45 uh, to 30. I mean, there's no, there's no defense in college football, dude. There's no defense. Stop. They don't believe in defense. Stop. 45 to 30. Bama. 30, 30, 17, Georgia. 35, 24, Georgia. Let's go, Tom. Let's go, Tom. You and me, Tom. Woo. I can't wait for you guys to have to send us a bottle of Parse when they lose. It's going to be fucking great. Oh, it's good uh, time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Compound screen Podcast. Time. Let's do screen time. Like how I brought that back around. That was I was going to say, I was like, where are you going? Uh, I had... Uh, Ooh, not a bad day out of me. Oh, three hours and 13 minutes. Fuck. Oh, you're three hours behind us, though. Yeah, get the fuck no, out. No, no, no. No, no. You, what time is it where you are? Five? It's 8 o'clock here. No, bullshit. 5.52. Four hours, five minutes. Tom? 7.29. Oh, my God. You're going to participate. We need to know about that. We can't even give you the three hours that Ian's behind us on that one. I'm busy managing social media accounts, making sure we get all the tweets out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, really. That's fair. No, we believe this episode was presented by Parse Rum. We'll see you next week uh, after Alabama wins the national championship. Nope. And maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe. Maybe Arietta. Maybe. Maybe. See you next week.